Hello and welcome to Sports Beat After Hours. Mm. I am your host, Hemahe Mooley Jr. Joining me as always, the digital deacon himself, Mr. Sean Philip Quincy Walker. Low-key hot take, my favorite part of this podcast is when Hema gives out his pretends to groan at the start of every episode. <laughs> Those aren't fake. I oh. never fake it. Oh. Also joining us is the local lovable Canuck, Zachary Peabody. Hicken. Peabody. <laughs> That's a very Canadian name. You know, for as well as we all know each other, I don't think we know each other's middle names. We know Sean's <laughs> because Sean's middle name is Sean. Sean Sean Walker. This is accurate. Sean Sean. But he Sean, spells Sean. it differently. It's yes. S-H-A-W-N. Spelled two different ways. <laughs> the the holy way first name and then the unholy way second name. But So Deshaun yeah. Walker. Do you even have a middle name, Zach? I do. I don't want to bring it up, though. Oh. Yeah. It's Be- probably like Lucy. It's Quincy. <laughs> it's almost as bad. Matilda. Matilda. Um, well, thank you for listening Ichabod. and tuning in. Zachary uh, Ichabod Hicken. <laughs> it's actually uh, Zachary Canada Hicken. Wow. Oh. You know what? That's actually, like, if you know any, like, Polynesians, there's a lot of Tongans whose first name is Tonga. Like, it's not, it's a thing. And if you think about it, that's kind of weird because it's like, how many Canadians do you know are named Canada? Is Squally? Canada. Oh, Squally Canada. Is he from Canada? Squally's not actually from Canada. Oh, he's from Washington State. It's close enough. Eh, that's debatable, but sure. I feel like we're going down a very dangerous road here, but I'll <laughs> I'll let it fly. I'll let it fly. We are. Okay, but it's okay. But anyways, lots to talk about. Um, this week's been a okay. So we are officially. Oh, I guess it's not official because the NFL's still going, but college football is over. Yeah. Um. Thank goodness it was a long thank season. Thank goodness. We had uh, Alabama. This Clemson, was your guys' first college football season. Round Just hold on until you go to like a couple more <laughs> before you talk, start talking about long season. No, I thought about this, and I'm actually glad I missed a few of the uh, college football seasons that we've gone through in the past five years because they've been garbage. And uh, Alabama Clemson Taysom game, fires it. Compl- oh, dropped. Oh. Meh. Mr. Rebel. Do we want to talk Alabama Clemson four? Because here's my I'll, let me give my brief take on it. Only okay. as a precursor to Alabama Clemson five in 2020. <laughs> when uh, Clemson comes back from Russia and finds that its son is aged five years, <laughs> even though he was only gone for three months. No, in in the context of the Rocky movies, Clemson, yeah. Rocky, Alabama, Drago, Drago, interesting. Kay. Okay. Clemson. And, and anyone who's seen Creed 2 understands this this parallel even better. Yeah. Clemson knocks out Alabama and just ended the college football Cold War because now we're going to get an 18 playoff. Dude. Maybe. I don't know. Clemson didn't knock out Alabama. They, like, stomped on their heads until their feet were covered in brains. Like, it was <laughs> that bad. Um, by the way, did you guys see the quarterback for uh, Clemson? Yeah, Trevor Lawrence. The biggest head I've ever seen in professional sports. Ever. Uh, are you fearing about one Peyton Manning? No, I think his head is bigger. I think he is I think Clemson's quarterback's head you eclipses. Yeah. He's already dead. And I felt bad because like my man Tua like didn't do too well. This my short take is that He threw two uh picks. <laughs> 
No, if Alabama was outcoached. I wish really. I had a Price's Right air horn fail right now. Ah. <laughs> um, but yeah. Anyways, Clemson's got the biggest-headed quarterback in history. Yeah, he's it's ginormous. If you you know what's it. crazy though, um, surefire number one overall pick in the draft this April. Oh wait, because yeah. of amateurism. So, two things I want to quickly touch on with that. Okay. Um, the key to winning a national championship apparently is playing a freshman at quarterback. Yeah. No, that's true. Um, okay, that's number one. Number two. The number one overall uh, quarterback recruit for 2020 was at the game, and I think he's deciding between Clemson and Alabama. And I think, like, after the game, if you look at his Twitter feed, he was, like, all Clemson. Like, all the Clemson fans yeah. were just, like, giving him so much love. Yeah. It was the funniest thing. And so I can't remember his name. He's a Polynesian uh, kid from California, and I would completely butcher it because it is, like, an 18 oh, syllable no. name. He's from uh... – is he from Al- Mater Day or whatever high school? Let me see. I think he might be right. But anyway, it was just funny to see. Uh, Wingalele. Yeah, yeah. DJ. Hey. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it was just funny to see that um, he's like all in on Clemson now for what they did. So it was pretty cool. Um, but what you're telling me is BYU is going to win a national championship in two years under first-year quarterback Jacob Conover. Yeah, after Zach Wilson's gone to the draft. Who Jalen also has a weird leaves. head. <laughs> no, just the Photoshop jobs are kind of weird. Oh, yeah. It made him look like a baby. Did you? Okay, speaking of like bad Photoshop jobs for yeah. like recruiting photos, like those are always one like so bad. Sure. Um, but the ones that the fans do – Oh. Did you ever see that guy on uh, Twitter that was a BYU fan that would, like, oh make them for BYU recruits? And all of them just looked so bad. You know what? That's I can't remember the guy's name, but so it was bad. There are some fan ones that are actually fire. There's this guy that does them for Utah recruits. Um, I don't think he has any ties to the team other than he likes them. And he's pretty fire, and I forget his name. But uh, McKay Pett should, should know who he is because they're, like, tight, I guess. Um, Would it be a recruiting violation if McKay Pett started doing recruiting Photoshop jobs for SUU? Yes. Would it? Well, it's FCS, so no one cares. I mean, I, I feel like it's probably an NCAA violation, but like you can get away with a lot in Cedar City. They're like, and I'm not going to go any further. I'm just going to leave it at that. But I'll just say you can get away with a lot in Cedar City. <laughs> FCS sanctions are like we're going to take away your lunch card for a semester like hey you're already playing minus 24 scholarships yeah. so we don't really want to ding you anymore because oh, otherwise you would be what we call division two yeah but anyways uh, college football's over thank god um we are almost and i say almost because the nfl playoffs are still going on but we are almost into prime basketball season um we're in the second half of the season Yes, and... We are past the halfway point of the NBA calendar. It'll almost be the time where it's all we watch and all we consume, and I cannot wait just because I love watching jazz basketball. Um, And I really loved watching the jazz play uh, last time. Last night? Should I say last night? Uh, That's fine. Did you you really love last night? Because they got out to a 42-21... Uh, deficit at one point. I hated that part, but that made the the winning almost sweeter from our men. 
Mitchell. Donovan Mitchell. No, it was uh, what he did in that game was awesome. Um, and so we just had to give shouts to Donovan for what he did. We watched him go and uh, score to the rim. And no, it's as it was, good as money. It's as good as money. No, it was really cool to see. He makes it look easy, guys. Um, this turnaround that he's had in the last four games. And, you know, I do understand that um, the Jazz have played like four of their last games. Three of the opponents have been pretty bad opponents sure. aside from the Bucks. But what he's put together in the last four games is really impressive. And what we've seen is as the Jazz go, or as Donovan Mitchell goes, so do the Jazz. Yeah, you brought that up, and it's really interesting. And now that I think back on it, that's uh, it's kind of true. He has an off night, and the Jazz can't seem to close out. So. Or And if it's like at any period that he cools off, the Jazz are cooling off. So um, I actually looked into it yesterday, um, last night and earlier today, um, against Cleveland – uh, he was held scoreless until the 3:59 mark, mm-hmm. and they pretty much had trailed um, Cleveland for a big chunk of that game. They led at the end of the first quarter, but they ended up taking a one-point deficit into um, the uh, at halftime. Mm-hmm. And then he at the 3:59 mark in the first half, he scored 11 points in the final four minutes, and then added seven points in the third quarter before the Jazz just went on to kind of cruise to a big win. Yeah. Um, next night, back-to-back against Detroit, um, he was only had two points in the first half, was turning over the ball, he got yanked, and then he scored 24 points in the final 19 minutes of the game. And uh, Utah overcame an 18-point deficit to win. Um, then in the last game of the road trip against Milwaukee, he scored 26 points in the last three quarters, Fourth quarter, he goes 0 for 5 from the field. At that point, at the end of the third quarter, the um, Jazz led by two points. Mm-hmm. They ended up getting outscored 31-16 um, uh, to 16 in the fourth quarter when Donovan was held scoreless, and Milwaukee won 114-102. to 102. Wow. And then last night against Orlando, he had a super slow start, um, and then they finally find their momentum um, – Midway through the third quarter, going a huge twenty-three to three run, Donovan scores sixteen points in the fourth quarter to kind of put the nail in the coffin. Hit a hit a couple threes, um, and the Jazz outscored the Magic sixty to thirty in the second half. Donovan scores thirty-three points. So what we've seen from him is super impressive, and it's come at a point where he's received a lot of criticism for his lack of consistent play mm-hmm. so far this season. And looking into the numbers, like, by the month, um, he, uh, on jump shots in December, he was shooting 34%. So far in January, now this is a small sample size of of only five games, but it's 46.2%. So he's making his jump shots, which is allowing him um, to, well, defenses have to remain a little bit more true to him. They have to respect him a little bit more out of the line, out of the three-point line. And it's opening up lanes for other players, and they're able to pass the ball, create more plays. And Donovan's able to actually drive to the rim more often. And he's not finishing at the same rate that he did in December. He was finishing almost 70% at the rim in December, but he's still up around 50%. Um, and it's just it's going to keep going because he kind of had a bad game against Toronto. Um, but... They're playing, I think it's 
13 of their next 12 of their next 15 games at home mm-hmm. um, before heading into the all-star break and the the schedule is just going to completely die off so they have a really good chance to capitalize on this and the momentum that donovan has and just carry it into the all-star break and kind of make some noise in the western conference standings i think uh i think you're right um i you know it's just when donovan is on he is on and it makes me so excited to know that he's stuck here (laughs) for a little while yeah because if you imagine him going somewhere else you're just like it just hurts to think about um but yeah i think uh there's definitely well you saw what zach lowe tweeted out that, oh my gosh hey a viable trade for ben simmons would be donovan mitchell and it's just like no yeah you don't understand no, how important this why, guy is to like the chemistry why, of the jazz why would the jazz trade the rookie of the year for another rookie <laughs> I that doesn't make any sense doesn't make any sense you don't make any sense i'm actually i'm kind of worried about ben simmons um and his opportunity to repeat as rookie of the year because of luka Doncic. <laughs> he's had a really great yeah. season um, so I'm kind of a little bit worried about that, but we'll see. Um, Bro, my, my guy Ben's got it in the bag, man. Don't worry. <laughs> Two-time NBA Rookie of the Year. I'm it's calling possible. it now. I'm calling my shot. <laughs> um, but, yeah, it, it's just the chemistry that he has with the Jazz. He's kind of the glue that brings the Jazz together. And you saw it, like, when the Jazz really needed it last season after Hayward leaves. Um, you know, they go through that poor stretch at the beginning of the season, and then – they just tear through the second half of the schedule. Um, and I'm not going to say that the Jazz are going to make a run like that again this year, but they're really poised and are set up to be able to do something similar and, you know, climb their one spot out of the playoffs or one game out of uh, out of uh, the eighth seed right now. They're one game behind the Lakers, who they actually play on Friday. And um, if they're able to win that game without LeBron – in excuse, town, by the way. Excuse me, you missed the necessary uh, preceding modifier in those Lakers. Kyle Kuzma. Kyle, oh, Kuzma. Kyle Kuzma led was, yeah. Los Angeles Lakers. We got to give a shout out to the Kuz. 41 Kuz points. Yeah. To the, the best player on the Lakers. Against his hometown Detroit Pistons. That was pretty cool. Yeah. Insane. It's, pretty, it's pretty cool that the Lakers can lose LeBron and still have the best player in the league. <laughs> yeah. Um, I. So that game kind of worries me. I mean, sure, LeBron's not going to play, but um, how are we at the guard position? That's always kind of our problem after the halfway mark of the season. Is... Well, and you look at it, there's two major injuries that happened. Dante Exum, who's been playing the, oh maybe the best gosh. basketball of his career over like a absolutely what like a seven or eight game stretch, actually made the Jazz trade AB <laughs> because he was playing so well. Yeah. Yeah, and um, so he he rolls his ankle. He's going to be reevaluated again in a couple of weeks. But the one thing that I think that this does, um, and I believe I got this number from David Locke, last year Donovan played the point 35% of the time. Okay. So far this season, he's only played the point 5% of the time. So he has the ball. He's The offense is running through him less. Yeah. Part of that's because of the emergence of Dante. Part of it's that Ricky's been healthy. Yeah. for the most part of this season. Um, and so there just haven't been opportunities for him to do that. I think that Donovan's going to have more opportunities to kind of have the ball run through him because it's down to Howell, and Howell's been playing great, or I guess as Donovan called him yesterday, Raul, not Raul. <laughs> um, and Thabo Cephalosha. Uh, um, shout out to Thabo. <laughs> shout out to Thabo. But, shout out to Thabo. Uh, yeah, he... Uh, 
I think he's going to have the opportunity to have the ball in his hands a little bit more and create plays and kind of be the facilitator for this offense mm-hmm. um, and just do what he does best, which is just make plays. Yeah. The only the only downside that concerns me about the ball running through Donovan Moore is he's going to have to manage the game. I'm not saying he can't do it, but like you alluded to earlier, like where Mitchell goes, the Jazz goes. Mm-hmm. And if the if a defense can shut down Donovan at the point – then the Jazz are kind of going to be in trouble, well, I think. Well, that's that's something that I think you saw in that ridiculous run against the Magic was was the Jazz were playing so poorly in that first quarter, and part of the reason is because the the game was maybe going a little bit too much through Donovan mm-hmm. in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. He wasn't finding his teammates. He wasn't looking at them. And then for those final three quarters, yeah, everybody sees the 33 points that he put up almost entirely in the back half of that game. What's maybe a little bit less noticed is the fact that he also had seven assists. Right. Yeah. And granted, he you know he's not the leading assist maker on the team. He's not supposed to be. Sure. He's got this guy named Ricky. You know Dante. Dante when he's healthy. It, you know Howell who had a great game uh, the other night against Orlando. But when but that's what I think makes Donovan so dangerous. There is the fact that he can go off and score like that. Um, but then. He, He's he's the best when he makes his teammates better, uh-huh. and that's that's so cliche. I know that's so cliche. Right. Like I don't want to just spout like jazz PR dribble, so I'm really sure. really sorry for that. But like that <laughs> really is where he's best because he's had he he's had nights before sure. where he's gone off for thirty or even forty something points, uh, and the Jazz have lost. And, and it's it's when he strikes that balance right. of scoring but also getting his teammates involved. I think that you see the most success for them. So for me, for me, the mo- the most impressive thing about those assists is like he is dealing, but you definitely know that that's not his main. Like you said, he's supposed to be the sc- a scorer, right? But also, if you look back at the beginning of the season, one of the goals for Donovan Mitchell wasn't so much scoring as it was they wanted him to get to the line to score. Mm-hmm. Um, so if Donovan is running the offense, getting to the line, like his assists should be going down. Um, but having seven assists on the night is pretty good. And I think that um, is kind of exciting to think about, especially losing, well, knock on wood, hopefully we don't lose Exum, but having him and Ricky dinged up a little bit. It, well, the good thing is that the prognosis sounds like their injuries aren't too serious. Yeah. and so Mostly precautionary, I'm sure. Yeah, I know they're hurt, but yeah. they're just not going to rush him back because right. look, you look at the next five games the Jazz play: the Lakers, Bulls, Pistons, Clippers, Cavs. Yeah, they don't play an elite point guard until the twenty-first of January when the Jazz host the Trailblazers. Okay, so over these next excuse me, excuse me, you missed the modifier on that one again. <laughs> Weber State legend Damian <laughs> Lillard's Trailblazers. Thank you. We need to print these out. Um, we need to, yeah, put flashcards up so we can be reminded. But, no, uh, this stretch that – I mean, it's never good to lose someone to injury, but this stretch is probably the best time the Jazz could afford to uh-huh. for the next five games are at home. They're playing the Lakers, Lonzo Ball, who he's not a guy that's going to attack. He's going to rack up a ton of assists, but he's not going to attack the rim. He's not going to need a lot of points. Um they play the Bulls the next night. The Bulls are also coming off a of back-to-back traveling before both of the games, so uh-huh. they're going to be tired. Um, Chris Dunn and Zach Levine aren't – they're both great athletes, but they aren't elite point guards by any means. Right. Um, Detroit, the Jazz played really well against Detroit. Um, well, 
aside from that first quarter. But uh, and then the Clippers and then the Cavs. So um, the Clippers are a pretty good team, um, and that is on the road. So if the Jazz win four of the next five before that game against Portland, who they've had Portland's number this year, they have a good opportunity to really make some noise, climb up the standings. Because um, there's not a lot of separation in the Western Conference so far. Yeah, so much about the first half of the schedule for the Jazz has just been about surviving. Survive in mm-hmm. advance. A very NCAA tournament type of mentality where, you know, grind out a result here and there. Don't get blow out on occasion when you're facing a better team, especially on the road. I mean, the Jazz had uh, one of, if not the toughest road schedules through the first half of the NBA season. And, and arguably the toughest schedule overall through the first half, depending on the metric that you look at. Uh, certainly one of the top five and so so much has just been about surviving and getting there and staying in contention in the playoff race and like it or not results aside I know some fans have been frustrated by certain players including Donovan uh, but Utah's done just that they've stayed in contention they've made it through that tough stretch and so now the next I mean, obviously those next five or six are really important, but even the next eight or ten games are really about trying to capitalize on right. a very favorable stretch, stretch for the Jazz. and stay healthy. I mean, I think that those are going to be our main focus. Well, and the great yeah, thing well it too, makes it harder to capitalize when sure. you're missing two of your point guards. Yeah. Um, but I think there's still an opportunity there, like Zach was saying, yeah. to capitalize on this str- on the stretch. Well, and the ne- nice thing, too, is after this 15-game stretch that they play, they're heading into the all-star break. They're going to get a 10-day break and be mm-hmm. able to recoup, get healthy, um, just relax a little bit. Cause Unless they have a bunch of all-star. <laughs> I'm sorry. I can't finish <laughs> that. I'm sorry. Um, but, no, like, you look at their schedule in the first half, and being able to finish the first half, the first 41 games, 2021, is really impressive. Um, the Jazz are the only team in the NBA – to travel 10,000-plus miles in back-to-back months. Wild. That was for November and December. They led the league in games played on the road with 25. They were second in the league with road wins with 12. They only trailed Toronto, which Toronto's an elite team in the East, Mm -hmm. beating up on a weak Eastern Conference. Um, And they traveled – I want to make sure I get this number right. I think it was before 33 – or 33 – out of 38 games they traveled before um and they had a stretch where they were on the road um for uh i want to say it was five weeks straight that they didn't play or that they traveled for every game for five weeks straight so they had like one game at home but they were traveling from somewhere else into the game they weren't able to stay at home because they didn't have a back-to-back at home and just a lot of travel and anyone who travels you know you don't even want to go work out at the gym imagine trying to go and play a basketball game against the best athletes in the world after all that travel it's not fun and what they were able to do is really impressive um yeah so we got the next game coming up is that tomorrow it's tomorrow against the lakers then they play again on saturday against the bulls okay so more importantly not only are we playing the lakers i want to know what are we going to wear the Lakers game. Um, do you know what jersey we're wearing yet? I'd be really interested because the Lakers have this, uh, I forget which edition, is it the city edition that's all purple? That looks almost like our uh, our classic edition. Um, let me find out. Let's look real quick. Uh, I don't 
know the Lakers. I do know the Lakers have a great um, statement jersey, the Mamba one. Was it their statement or was that their city? Uh, their city one's the purple one with the black and yellow letters. Okay. Um, so for tomorrow, the Jazz are wearing, according to a tweet they put out earlier this season, which they actually haven't followed for the most part, um, they are playing – they are wearing uh, – oh, it looks like they're wearing the earned jerseys tomorrow. Oh, nice. So um, – and the Lakers are probably going to wear their yellow jerseys. We're not going to see the classic jerseys. jerseys again until March. Really? Yeah, they don't play wear them again until they play the Pelicans at home on March 4th. Um, they wear the statement jerseys um, on Saturday against the Bulls. And we're not going to see the uh... – oh, you oh. know what? They're playing. They're wearing the City Editions on Monday. Okay, cool. I like the City Editions. Um, but tell me, what do you guys think about the earned edition, the green ones? It was like – for me, I when they first came out, I was like, oh, this is kind of disappointing. I honestly thought that they only made them the way they are because they were playing on Christmas and they needed like a green jersey to, to match against Portland's red. The Portland's red. red. But Which makes sense. The more I mean. that I look at it, the more I like it. I kind of like the earned editions. Um, probably not in my top five now that I think about it, but um, what do you guys think about them? I, I'm, g- I'm going to go completely opposite of you there. I'm a big fan of the urn jerseys. I love the green. I think they work out really well. I think it does a really nice job of meshing classic jazz with new age jazz sure. with the way with the way they have the note, but it's not the same not quite mm-hmm. the same note. It's sized a little bit differently, placed a little bit differently than you're used to having it. Um and I'm a sucker for green and yellow. Oh, I yeah. mean, as a uh Packers fan? As a former Sonics fan. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I mean, I was Sonic named. Driving. I was named after my daddy, Sean Kemp. Yeah. So, uh, I'm 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 just I'm a big sucker for green and yellow. I get it. I, I think it looks great, uh, and I think it meshes really well with the uh, the Qualtrics ad on the front of it. Um, I just think it blends really well. So. Yeah. Yeah. I uh, when I first saw them, I was actually kind of disappointed because I was hoping that we would see at least some sort of redesign with the the graphics, the logos that was different than the statement. It's basically just an inverse of the statement Jersey, which is actually one of my favorite jerseys that the jazz wear. Interesting. Um, I really like the statement jerseys, So it's kind of odd that I was disappointed with the earned Jersey with how much I like the statement. Um, I just wanted something different. I wanted a different design, something that was unique. Yeah. Um, rather than just this inverse, which is what we pretty much saw with every NBA team's earned Jersey. Yeah. Um, but the more I've looked at it, the more I see it, the more I kind of think about it. I really like this jersey. Yeah, me too. Um, it's a clean jersey. It's it looks really good. It's not overwhelming with the colors. Um, it just it looks really clean, and it's something that I mean I wouldn't mind if this was a primary jersey for the Jazz yeah. moving forward. Well, what do you guys? Where do you guys place it? Should we go top fives then? We could go well, there's only five. six jerseys, so... Well, jerseys of all time. Jazz jerseys. Oh, we're going all time. Yeah. Okay. Do you want to do that? Or are we you're you're throwing a curveball in there. Yeah. Top five jerseys Because, I mean, there's time. so many good jazz jerseys. There are a lot of great jazz so, jerseys. But um, none of them involve mountains. <laughs> that, there's my hot take for the, of the day for well, you. Like, I no mean, XNA on the mountains, may. Por favor. I, I, well, there's going to be some disagreement here. Yeah, we'll see. Um, 
<laughs> or should we? How much time do we have? Doesn't matter. We got time. Yeah. We got time. Should we, we bust them time. out? Yeah, let's bust them out. So let's start at five for everyone and just work our way up to the top. Okay. Uh, let's go number ones first. Do you want to go around that way? Let's like go five. Okay, go five. Yeah, five and work our way to the top. Um, so I'll have you. Let's have you Kay. start. Honey. Okay. So my number five jersey is the uh, the jazz, the black and the copper jersey. Do you okay. remember those? Yeah, it was I love like that Um I just liked it because it was at the time it was like vastly different. Uh, the dark look of an all black jersey was just kind of cool, especially like nearing Malone's end. Like uh, he just looked so badass with in the all black jerseys. So um, that's probably my number five. What's yours, uh, Zach? Okay, so I'm gonna go with, and this is a super unpopular opinion. Okay. Um, the sleeve jerseys that the Jazz wore oh. a few seasons ago, I really liked the design. I liked th- this is kind of the first move where the Jazz kind of went with a um, a unique graphic placement design on their jersey, um, and I just I I think it actually looked really well. As much as people don't like the sleeve jerseys, I yeah. really like those jerseys. It was different. It was like, so that was 15 and 16. Those are alternate jerseys. Also, um, excellent to wear to bed. Excellent yeah, to wear to bed. They, they, it's a great pajama top. Well, and I like it's a fantastic the, the way that top. they incorporated the stripes. I like the placement of the number. Um, it just it well, really well, emphasized the stripes on the uniform, which there's no other uniform for the Jazz that kind of does that. And I even yeah. have a shirt. It's the purple jazz uh, uh, classic edition shirt uh. that they wore for their shoot around shirts this year. Um, that kind of has that same line design on it. So can I can I tell you something? Yeah. I don't know if you guys knew this, but so that jersey that you were talking about, the the blue with the horizontal stripes mm-hmm. or whatever, um, those are inspired by the jazz warm ups when they were in in uh, New Orleans. And in fact, if you look at New Orleans. One of their jerseys, I want to say their statement edition, the Pelicans, it's the same motif, like design, like the horizontal stripe, except theirs are in their color. So it's like red, gold, and white, or whatever their colors are. Yeah, you see it? It's uh, We're, we're breaking the first rule of podcasting by describing <laughs> visuals describing video. in an audio medium, but... Um, I'm pretty sure it's their... Uh, um, their statement edition but y'all can google this yeah, new orleans pelican statement edition it's what i'm pulling up and uh you'll probably see the, see the same thing in the google machine yeah so um that's just an interesting note that off of that's that interesting one. i yeah. didn't realize that but uh sean what's your number five well first of all to go back to zach's number five i actually don't hate that take necessarily a ton but i feel like what really made the sleeve jerseys what they were was the shorts yeah, mm-hmm. and that's a huge deal that I think we need to that that we need to mention when ranking jerseys all time is is, is the whole yeah the entire thing. look because it's not just jersey like you can really sure. make you can make a new design by pairing it with the right shorts uh-huh. um, or even uh, even the right socks in some cases um, and then you can completely tear away and uh, tear away from a uh, from a from a jersey by putting the wrong shorts with yeah. it. Mm-hmm. Um, so that being said, because of that, um, I'm actually a big fan of uh, of um, 
and I just pulled it up. You guys can see on the screen behind me of the uh, of last year's the the all whites. Okay, the uh, the home the, jerseys. Yeah, last year's home jerseys. I just I love the Christmas yeah. crisp crispness, not Christmas <laughs> crispness to them. Um, I like Zach. I'm a big fan of something that's just clean and solid and really a very classic look. Yeah. Something that's not going to change a ton over time. Um, I love the way they incorporate the J note into it. I, the J note is my favorite piece of jazz branding yeah. over the last 25 years. Oh, for sure. Um, by far. And so I just, I love them emphasizing that and, and kind of centering everything around the J note. Um, it's kind of interesting because the, so that white home jersey you're talking about, was it last year? Was that the first Nike year? Or was it the year before? Was last it... year was the first Nike. Yeah, okay. it got it got it at least yeah. got a big refresh last so, year. So so all they did was they like if you remember the Jazz refreshed the logo, brought up the circle basketball mm-hmm. logo, um, incorporated that into the jersey that you're talking about. Um, but if you look at the year before when it was the Adidas template, Nike did something really smart is they like copied the Adidas template. They just made small tweaks to make it a little bit better. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think that's why we just love the Nike jerseys so much is because they don't go crazy and deviate from, like, what we already know. Um, so, yeah, I like that jersey. Mostly and, what they did was change the striping a little bit and just make it a little bit better fit, a little bit more well cut. So so my jersey, number four, is actually our white. is the Jazz home jerseys that are white. So this is, like, 79 and 80, where – it's got the purple lettering on it. Okay. It's basically the classic edition just flipped, right? So it was like the all white with the purple and yellow um, trim and then the purple. The, the Pistol Pete era yeah. jazz jerseys. Uh huh. That's my number four. It's classic, clean. Everyone likes it. Um, okay. So I actually had a toss up because they're my formative years with the jazz. There's kind of two different brands that they oh. have. There's the copper that you mentioned, which I yeah. love those jerseys. Um, I'm a big fan of those jerseys. But the one that I really remember were the mountain jerseys. Yep. Here we go. When I was a kid, I had a white Carl Malone mountain jersey and I had a, a black copper Carl Malone jersey. Oh, cool. I was like five years old. Those were my two favorite like pieces of sports memorabilia I had uh-huh. growing up. Um. I'm going to give the nod, though, to the White Mountain because I think it's such okay. a unique um, draw out of all the different jazz uniforms there are. Um, there are very few jazz uniforms that actually pay homage to, like, yeah. um, the, uh, like what Utah is, which is known for its outdoors. We're going to get to another jersey that pays homage to that. I yeah. guarantee it later. Yeah. But this is the first jersey to really do that and kind of identify the brand, the jazz brand with utah um because previously it was just like oh new orleans moved to utah and they're too lazy to change the name yeah um this mountain jersey kind of which might be accurate as well yeah this this mountain jersey kind of brought that um uh that credibility that hey you know what this is utah's team yeah set set it in the mountains um, and I just thought it, I really liked it. I so know Sean's shaking Sean's, his head. Yeah. So, so I'll let Sean I'm not a share his guy. number four. Well, let me, let me add something real quick. Like this was the first year that the jazz actually introduced blue into the team's colors. And so that was kind of controversial, the whole going, adding purple and blue together, but it does look kind of cool. Like I'm no, not it, it's a good look and it's better than, and 
I know a lot of people actually really like like the powder blue navy blue era that was like the D Will era uh-huh. era. I hate those, those jerseys. Are those are my least favorite jerseys that the Jazz wore. <laughs> yeah. Um, I know a lot of people like them, though. So if you do, you know, good for you. Um, yeah. You have a horrible taste in <laughs> uniforms. but um, You probably like the Grizzlies, the Memphis Grizzlies. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, I'll, uh, I'll I'll concede, though. Those although when the Memphis horrible. Grizzlies tried to do, like, a 70s throwback jersey, those were pretty awesome. Which is ironic because they didn't put Vancouver on them. But. Right. Anyways, uh, what's your uh, what's your number four so, and what's your beef with uh, I just the- I'm not a fan of the mountains. I don't think they handled the mountain look very well when they first brought it out. I didn't feel like they completed the look. It, it felt it just felt very unfinished. Huh. Uh, it felt very rushed, um, and I just felt like they were they were moving away from what the brand had become a little bit too much. Um, However, and I won't spend too much time on this because you've actually already mentioned one that I did want to mention, and so I'll kind of slot it in at number four. Um, it's mostly because I associate this jersey with uh, my favorite player back in the glory days of the Jazz era, um, and it's it's a guy that I think a lot of people came to the franchise because of him. He really starred. He was a he was just a great one of the great guards of Jazz past. Really. I, I mean, he was iconic in so many ways, mm-hmm. uh, so much that he could do on the court. Surefire Hall of Famer, as far as I'm concerned. The Great White Hope, Jeff Hornacek. <laughs> uh, and so I really like the black and copper jerseys that you mentioned earlier because awesome. of the way that, that Horny kind of rocked them, yeah. if you will. Nice. Uh, no, my number three, here we go. You mentioned this, Zach, and I am bringing it up now. The Jazz City Edition. They're... Red Rocks inspired jerseys are dope. I uh, I really like it. Kind of like going into the mount the purple and blue mountains era. Going into the red and orange and yellow uh, city edition era was kind of cool. I think like brought up something different. Plus the fact that they had the matching courts mm-hmm. for each city edition jersey is just the court is what really so makes sweet. this jersey so sweet and. Uh, not that like people in St. George needed a reason to like love the jazz, but I think it, it helps. It doesn't hurt though. It helps. It doesn't yeah. hurt. Helps them to love it a little you bit. You got more. a lot of Vegas Golden Knights fans down there because they feel more like part of Southern Nevada than Utah sometimes. Yeah. So I so that's why I have this Jazz City Edition at my number three. Um so my number three, I'm actually gonna go with the statement jersey. Okay. Uh, it's the yellow with the uh, navy Jane out. Um it's such a change in direction from what we've seen from the jazz in the past. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think that there's ever been a yellow Jersey that was a primary Jersey for the jazz. Um, and so that, and it's not even really yellow. It's like gold. I just yeah. really like it. It's clean. It's simple. Um, similar to like what we talked about with the urn jerseys this year. It's just the inverse of it. And it's really clean and simple and just, it looks good. And it, it is a really, I mean, it's a jersey that personally I would buy yeah. if I were to purchase a jersey. I mean, just like the earned edition, like it grew on me a lot, especially yeah. when they first leaked the, the the photos of this jersey. It's it's all 2K. Like people that play NBA 2K always get the jerseys leaked first because uh-huh. they all of a sudden get downloaded and you can see them. And when they uh, social media was like posting the statement jersey, I was like, oh my god, they looked really bad on 2K. Yeah. yeah, but in person they're they're they a look, great they looking look uniform. Yeah. I'm going to agree with you, Hema, on this one, the number three spot. I really like the City Edition. Um, 
But this is another one where I mentioned the shorts really make the jersey in a lot of ways, and the way they complemented each other yeah. did not work to me. Oh, you didn't it like it? It did not work to me. Why? Because it ends I, on such a dark color? Yeah, I felt, I felt like the gradient was a little too much. Uh-huh. Um, it was a little too strong uh, in a lot of ways. But then when I saw them on the court, the court 100% sure. made this jersey. Yeah. Um, and, like, I would... I would I would almost like to see the Jazz switch to that City Edition court full time, um, and just play even on. even if it means wearing those bright orange monstrosities, which are growing <laughs> on me, which are yeah. growing on me. Uh, even if it means wearing those a lot more, you know I looks, just I love the court that much. You know what makes them look really good? Since you mentioned like the shorts and the gradient or whatever, Donovan Mitchell wears like red tights and like his red Adidas with them, and they look freaking Ooh, sick. That's a good point. I've um, never noticed that, but that's a really good yeah. point. So I mean that's I, I I agree with you though like at first I thought it was too much but I I kind of like them now so um, okay so number two is you mentioned this earlier Zach my number two is the Jazz throwback green ones this was like seventy nine eighty um they wore like an all green it was like kind of like a heather green almost and then they had um, yellow numbers and the yellow Jazz logo. Um, and is it like jazz right now, like the Utah Jazz? Yeah, or, it's okay. just like the throwback. It's just instead of purple, it's green. And gotcha. Okay. The numbers. Yeah, there it is. Um, I freaking love those. And in fact, when they said the edition, the sorry, the earned jerseys were going to be green, I was hoping. See, I was so hoping for, for something those. more like that. Yeah. But I'm really, I actually am happy with how the earned jerseys uh-huh. have turned out. But that, yeah, like you, I was hoping for something similar to like the classic yeah, edition. They're so sweet, and I'm. Like, although arguably I've heard people say this, they kind of look like the throwback Celtics. Uh, yeah, I could see that, but it's – I don't know. I just think it's such a cool look. Plus, John's, there's a photo of John Stockton wearing them, like, I'm passing behind his back. I'll, we'll have to see if we can find it, but it's so dope. And it, Yeah, so that's my number two. Okay, so I'm for my number two, I'm going to put the Jazz City Edition jersey. You guys have said it. It's great. It yeah. really – kind of hones in on like what a lot of people i mean there are two things that people know you well i guess three things mormons <laughs> mountains and moab yeah um and so i i don't know how you could work a mormon jersey in um <laughs> they already worked the mountain jersey in so this moab jersey and- is great and it looks really good um i and again touching on the court there are two teams that did this where they redesigned their court um really well uh-huh. miami and utah the Miami Vice look is dope. really good. Yeah. Um, but I like Utah's more. Is it because I have an affinity? Because I grew up here? Probably. I just like the way that it went hand in hand with the court. Yeah. And the jerseys just, for everything going on, it's still a clean, simple look. And it's not overwhelming. And it looks great on the court. Yeah. I agree. Now that you mentioned that, Jazz, I really, or Zach, I really want the Jazz to find a way um, to incorporate an Angel Moroni logo. <laughs> Into a Dude, just take now. the mountains from the purple and blue jerseys, just turn it into a temple and just slap a Angel Moroni on it. Salt yeah. Lake Temple spires and put yeah. Angel Moroni on it. Yeah, now we're talking. You know what? I'm going to freaking make draw that up as soon as we get back let's to make, the yeah. Uh, let's make it happen. Let's make it happen. Um, I'm going to throw this one out there. Uh, the Adrian Dantley jersey yeah. with the short shorts. The short shorts. Again, shorts really make the jersey. Um, but – I feel like the, I really like the the way they did the piping. Yeah, um, that's cool. On uh, on the old white 
jazz jerseys now. Yeah. Um, yeah. I just I love the piping. I love the way that they it, uh, the stripes kind of stretch out and play out and sort of run into each other and and it goes really well with they they used those tube socks back in the day mm-hmm. like yeah. with the little yeah. stripes on the top. So and it worked I really well. think it was the first version of the J note. Could be at least since moving to Utah. Well, New Orleans had a J note. Well, okay, and, sure, yeah. yeah, yeah. But I mean, it was it was it was their way of taking what they were in the New Orleans jazz right. and mm-hmm. and still changing it enough to be a different franchise with that nod to the past. I so think this is really the first cool. redesign of the J note because it was a yeah. very different look before. There yeah. we go. That's a better way of putting it. All right, so here we go. Number one, I I feel like we have the same number ones. My number one best jazz jersey is the Jazz Classic Edition. Uh, that's where I come in. That's my number one, Sean. I mean, is there anything else? No, there's not. <laughs> it's the perfect jersey. It's the best. So, and here's something that we actually learned. Well, I learned. Um, the Jazz original purple jerseys with the yellow lettering uh-huh. is a different shade of yellow Yeah. than what they are currently wearing. They're currently wearing a really bright yellow. What they wore before is actually kind of a more of an orangish yellow. Uh-huh. Found this out because, you know, when you order um, uh, apparel for certain teams on from, like, Chinese websites, they get certain details wrong. This is one of the details they got <laughs> wrong on something that uh, I placed an order for. Um, but it's still, like, both versions of this jersey look really good. But I love the way that the Jazz brought it back. There was so much excitement. It's the yeah. 40th anniversary. They tied it in really well. 40th anniversary of the Jazz being in Utah. Um, there's so much history behind it, and I think the players really love this jersey too. Oh, yeah. They were really excited. Like the photos that they, were they leaked, pretty much leaked it themselves, yeah. like on Instagram, yeah. because they, were they so just excited. couldn't hold them anymore. Yeah, it's such a great jersey, and it's a great look. And um, the one thing that I really wish the Jazz would have done, and I know that this is too much to ask for three courts, but to make a court oh, yeah. that's a classic edition like court would have been really cool. To even just incorporate the colors, so you yeah. just have to maybe just change out the Jazz logo, it would have been really cool. Um, but I think the jersey on its own stands for what it is. It's a timeless look for what the Jazz are, what they are going to be moving forward here for this community, and it's something that fans are always going to love. Yeah, absolutely. One of the coolest, since you're talking about details, um, one of the coolest things that I think Nike does is they pay really close attention to detail. And one of the details they paid a close attention to is that the Jazz original purple jerseys, um, like back in New Orleans, they actually had the Jazz logo was a different color yellow than the numbers. And if you, oh, really? Yeah, if you look at the store at the Jazz Classic Edition jerseys, the numbers are slightly different color. It They're is a definitely a different CMYK. Yeah. It's yeah. Just, so it's like it's really interesting that they paid that close attention to the details. And also, I think uh, Utah Jazz social media department, they're killing it. Whenever the Jazz wear their City Edition jerseys, they throw, like, the VHS filter on, like, all their videos. Yeah. Their oh, it's so dope. No, it's cool. And um, we got to give a shout-out to Matt Glade. Oh, yeah. Uh, what is he, senior sports producer? Yeah. Um, he actually showed us how to do that for, like, our oh, cool. uh, Jazz Rewind. So. If you guys look out for the Jazz Rewind that we throw up every weekend, anytime they're going to wear the Classic Edition, we're going to do like a cool yes. VHS crop, kind of offset the colors a little bit, put a wave in there, yeah. so it looks like an old TV from like the late 80s, early 90s. Dude, dope. I can't wait. There are, there are two reasons why I love this Classic Edition. Uh-huh. Um, one of them is because this is the ultimate primo junior jazz 
jersey. Oh, yeah. This is what the Junior <laughs> Jazz program stuck with for years and years and years, even when the actual Jazz themselves were kind of phasing it out and going more mountains and that kind of thing. Uh-huh. It was just kind of – it was the logo and the look of Junior Jazz. Um, and I didn't necessarily grow up a basketball fan or a basketball guy, but I did play Junior Jazz yeah. growing up. I mean, who didn't I think we in all, the state yeah, of Utah, right? Sure. And so Junior Jazz was really my entry to the Utah Jazz. And so every time I see this, I think of those days growing up on the playground as this like four foot nothing uh, uh, (laughs) 10-year-old trying to play basketball, which aren't necessarily always great memories, but like, you know, just the friendships and everything. It it kind of rekindles that nostalgia, which I love. And the other reason why I love this jersey, you guys keep calling it the classic edition, which I guess is technically right. Uh Uh-huh. I call it the NBA Jam edition <laughs> because this is the edition that, that was in the original NBA Jam video game with the purple Dope. and the classic logo and I just really want now uh uh the the Jazz's graphic design department to take these and then digitize no, yeah no, go we'll eight go 8 bit logo <laughs> yeah oh, on sure. on the front of their jersey Dude, that's a great idea. um yeah I'm so on C4 it. designs free advice. let's do it um yeah, it's so interesting that you talked about nostalgia because one of the players that I think plays so much better in the classic edition jerseys is Crowder. I think he just looks and feels well, good. Well, it's because it. like that's the one same jersey as Dad yeah, wore, isn't it? I think that's dope. I think I think he's just got that swagger when he's wearing it, and uh, I think it's a nostalgia thing. So, anyways, top five jazz jerseys of all time. Those are great. I dude, I could totally go like top ten, but we don't. We won't do that to you guys listening. <laughs> Yeah, we're already coming up on a 50-minute podcast, which is Good usually gracious. about how long we uh, like to go, maybe yeah. even a little bit shorter. So I guess we can close, unless there's anything else that the uh, body of jazz jersey no. lovers everywhere want to talk about. Nope. Um, no, if you guys uh, have a different opinion than us and want to tell us how wrong we are, hit us up on Twitter, at KSL Sports, at RealDShawn. Is that the one you're using right yeah, now? Yeah, something like that. Hit my burner account, at Rod Zundel. Okay, yeah, hit up at Rod Zundel, um, at Hemahemuli Jr., and at Zach Hicken. Yep. So thanks for listening. Digital Deacon, hit us with the uh, closing prayer. I'm on it. Thanks for listening. Peace. <laughs>